Welcome to Viva La Volva, the podcast that explores and teaches about the goodness of the vulva. Here is your host, Dr. Kara Quant, an internal medicine doctor and advocate for female sexual health. Welcome to the Viva La Vulva podcast. I am your host, Dr. Kara Quant, and I would like to thank you for joining me today. I have a special guest, and this is a second time on the podcast. Her name is Sierra Sullivan, and she is a pussy oracle and just all around amazing woman that her mission in life is to empower women to tap more into their feminine power and energy, especially through the pussy. So I thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, uh, Sierra. Uh, It's always my honor. So happy to be here. Yes. So today we are talking all about female ejaculation, or as history has called it, Amrita. I think that's how I'm pronouncing it correctly. And female ejaculation has been very controversial, especially within the medical community. And it's so crazy because it's been written about for more than 2,000 years when I was doing some research. 2,000 years, and we are still not able to come up with a definitive, like, this is what it is. There's been a controversy about whether it's urine, whether it's not urine, what is going on with it. So I wanted to give some information to the audience as to what I have um, seen and heard and the research I've done around it. Before we get started with talking about Armorita, I wanted to give everyone some uh, anatomy terms on it. So we'll be using urethra um, or I'll be using urethra to talk about it. And urethra is where urine comes out of, um, but there is, uh, and that's the urethra is located at the top of the vagina. So if you are laying down for the vulva owners out there, if you are laying down, the urethra is at the top. And so there's something called paraurethral glands, um, which are also known as Skeen's glands and ducts that are located around the urethra. And they say that that is where um, the female prostate kind of lies. And so it's found in women and um, the Skeen's glands, like I said, is that that's where the female prostate lies. And so doing some research, I came across this article that is in the Journal of Sexual Medicine, and it is Uh, It was um, published in 2014, and it's uh, titled Nature and Origin of Squirting in Female Sexuality. So it is also considered squirting. They did this study with seven women, so it's not a very big study, but it basically was looking at these women who had experienced female ejaculation in the past, and they were open to doing the study. And so they did an ultrasound of their um, bladder before uh, sexual stimulation, um, during sexual stimulation, and then after sexual stimulation or after squirting. And so they did samples of the, well, they say urine, um, but of the fluid. So they did samples of the fluid. And basically they found that before sexual stimulation, there was some fluid that contained uh, uric acid, urea, and creatinine. Um, which is all found in urine, actual urine. When they did samples of the 
fluid after sexual stimulation or after squirting, they found all of those same things, but they also found something called PSA or prostatic specific antigen, which is usually found in men. And so that is showing that there might be a difference of um, location for the the female ejaculation compared to urine. So this was basically a study, again, it was seven people, so it wasn't very big. And there haven't been too many studies out there to get the specifics about where this fluid comes from. Um, But they're basically saying, or the results of it were that the fluid is coming from both the bladder and some areas around the urethra or the periurethral glands. So that is some of the research that I did in looking up the nature and the origin of squirting. And again, um, this has been talked about for 2,000 years or more than 2,000 years, and it was originally called Amrita. So, um, And I know that uh, Sierra Sullivan has been doing a lot of research and discussions around Amrita. So I wanted you to give us a little bit more information about what does Amrita mean? Where does it come from? Like, what is it about? Mm. <laughs> I love all that research. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. The science versus the spirituality, right? Yeah. <laughs> and the blend of the two. And the blend of the two. Um, blend of the two. So it's been Amrita, which is a Sanskrit word. It literally means the elixir of immortality, the elixir of life. And it's supposedly what they're talking about is the actual fluid, the gushing fluid that comes out of a woman when she's very aroused and and having very sexual stimulation and whatnot. And they believed back in the ancient times that this fluid was very sacred and can be used for lots of different healing things and that it was like a a blessed thing to have it come out of a woman. And so I actually am still doing research to find out exactly what they would use it for, but I've been experimenting with my own uses of it and it's been pretty profound, (laughs) very profound. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So uh, what got you interested in exploring about the sacredness of it or just exploring it in general? Well, I remember in my early 20s, I was off, or maybe it was actually my late 20s, a friend of mine at the time was reading Deborah Sundahl's book, which is called The G-Spot, Female Ejaculation. And I remember thinking, what is this? I'd never heard of such a thing. It just was like not even on my radar. And here there was a whole book about it. And so I bought the book and I started reading and I actually had attended a little workshop where somebody had described it and I thought, okay, is this if this is possible for women, then let's let, let's figure out how I can do this. Mm-hmm. And while I read the book for the most part, and I tried to attempt it, I, I didn't quite, I didn't quite master it at the time. But then it was like a year or two later, I was in a relationship with a long-term relationship with a man, and we had been fooling around and we're student. Oh, actually, no, that's not true. I played with myself at one point and I noticed that a lot of fluid came out, not as much as can come out, but I was like, Oh, I think I just ejaculated. And I was kind of <laughs> like, Oh, okay. I possible, but I don't remember. And it was my own touch. And I, you know, was masturbating and I was like, well, I don't know how I did it or what I did, but at least I know that it's, Oh, it's, I can do it. So <laughs> that was like, sort of like a one trick pony. In the moment, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't really have another experience until a year or so later mm-hmm. when I was having some experiences with my man at the time. And 
next thing you know, I literally just started happening. I just started like squirting everywhere. And I, I was like, oh my gosh, this is that moment. This is what, you know, and at the time I remember it was a stimulation between, I had some very intense clitoral stimulation, which Mm -hmm. was, I was using the magic wand at the time, which, which is, is very intense cultural stimulation. Vibrate, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very intense, <laughs> you know, not, not for the faint of heart and not necessarily that great. I hear for you ultimately long-term, yeah. um, <laughs> but at the time it was helpful for, to activate it. And I was also receiving internal stimulation with his hand, I believe. And so the two combined were the perfect thing for me to mm. be able to ejaculate. And once I really saw that that's what had been happening, then we were able to like, it was like, oh, that's what it feels like. That's what stimulates me to have it happen. Then I was able to repeat it. Mm. And then from there, I got super intrigued and I thought, okay, well, so what, what is this all about and how often can I do it and what, how else can I do it? And can it be combined with different types of orgasms? And that began my more physical experience with it. Mm. But as I became more connected to some of the women's work that I was stewarding at the time, I realized that there was also this other piece that was the sacred part of it. It wasn't just the sexual flow of fluid, that there really was a lot of sacredness to it. And mostly, I would say probably in the last three years, when I got initiated into doing the Pussy Oracle work, or service rather, that I'm now offering and bringing to the world and stewarding, that's when I... hand in hand. Now they've always been very, very sacred to me. Um, but it's gotten more advanced in my understanding of how sacred this fluid actually is mm. in the last three years. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Yeah. not sure if I answered. the Yeah, no, no, you did. <laughs> and what have you seen as its power? Cause I know there is a lot of power in it. Mm-hmm. For me, I use it for rituals and to activate and change the alchemical process of life itself and things that I either want to see differently or be different. So what I came to understand and how I think I started realizing that if if it was true for my body or what felt true for my body, again, science, I've been playing around with how can I get some science people to have me track this? Still working on that. But what I've discovered is that this conversation, so before I tell you about what I use it for, there's, there's this beautiful, you know, the conversation that you brought up in the beginning is, what is it, right? Is it pee? What is it made of? If it comes from the urethra, then it must be pee. And all the ways that not as many people as you think have, you know, because there's not, there's really not a lot of research. Like you said, there's that no, one there study. Is, that no, there's yeah, no, not a lot of studies. And, and also, you know, you can't, you know, you've got the scientific and then there's the esoteric. So it's like, okay, either way, how do you, I'm sort of perplexed on how to figure this out myself. But what I've come to understand based on just knowing what comes out of me at different times is that it's directly the potency of it being straight up just maybe sexual fluid, which all of it, I just want to give a caveat that I believe all sexual fluid is sacred because it's creation energy. It's the seed of life. You know, it's highly charged, activated fluids that are coming out of us because we're in a heightened state and it's the most godlike we can get because we're in pleasure, divine, creative energy. So yeah. in that regard, it's it's all sacred to some degree or another. And really intention is what creates anything to be something. So whatever we say it is, we give it that energy and yeah. like it, Right, it is, and if like, and, and even to think about the Dr. Emoto studies, 
with water and the blessings and how water transforms to the properties of the feeling sense and how much energy, good energy we're giving it or funky negative energy we're giving it. Like it can molecularly change mm-hmm. based on that. Mm-hmm. So I believe the same is true for our sacred fluids. And depending on the state of mind that I'm in or how the orgasm or the activation of the water is flowing out of my body determines the ultimate potency of that elixir at the end of the day. And I've noticed that depending on the time of the month, it can be slightly different depending on how much I'm either like available to my own pleasure and surrender or how much I'm efforting to have it happen, which at times does happen. So you're like, hey, yeah. let's, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. force the orgasm or yeah. all mm-hmm. the ways, you know. So, and I've noticed that th- it distinctly has different, literally, flavors, textures, not textures so much, but colors. And mm-hmm. I believe that the amount of, you know, urine properties that are, you know, based on the amount of connection to spirit that one is in and mm-hmm. fully surrender that one is in when she's ejaculating. Mm-hmm. So, I've been collecting my Amrita to kind of see what is it showing up as when I'm in different states. Mm-hmm. And I have to be a little bit more scientifically minded <laughs> to really you know, get the fullness of it. But what I've been downloading and what actually in my Pussy Oracle service and all the ways that I've been communicating with Pussy on this planet and nature, I've been feeling like I've been giving this information that the potency, that the alchemical process that happens in a woman's body, where on one hand, it can come out very much like pee. It comes through the urethra. It comes through all the glands you just, right? So it's going to have essences of that in it. Some say it comes from the bladder. You know, some say it comes from the blood and the white blood cells and that creates the fluid. I mean, again, it's this very mysterious, mysterious, mysterious. This is the beauty of the beauty of this. It's mysterious. So I'm like, okay, so if we're working in realms of mystery <laughs> and nobody can explain this. Well, my sense is that the, the the direct amount of ability that woman has to access her own pleasure on her terms in her own way and her surrender will change the potency of what actually comes out of her. So if she's and I, I mentioned this in a course that I recently taught, there's a difference between extracting your waters versus letting your waters flow. Mm. And we know that there are tricks and, and techniques out there that can actually cause a woman to squirt and people teach it and you can Google it on YouTube. And there's many courses and many videos out there. They'll say, you know, touch the G spot, do it this way, make yeah. this motion mm-hmm. and you'll squirt, which is certainly true. But I believe that, but if she's being forced to score it, if it's just a technique that's like extracting the waters, then the potency of the elixir part of it, the Amrita part of it will be less, I don't want to say sacred, but less, well, sacred, I guess, in a way. Yeah, it's more forced. Yeah, it's forced versus if it's just allowed to flow on a woman's own terms because she's deeply in connection and embodied in her divinity and her pleasure and her knowing of what's happening versus where we can and and the society can be very checked out when it comes to sexuality yeah right not fully in the connection and the consciousness then it it changes the chemical makeup so Mm -hmm. if i'm you know going for a quickie 
and I ejaculate, my ejaculate might have more urine in it. But if I'm truly in a divine connection with my beloved and we're doing a very sacred, maybe sex magic kind of energy and we're really spending the time and working up to this pleasure place, which is always important for any vulva owners <laughs> to yes. have the the slow buildup and allow it to get to the place where it is more pure in the sense of not urine. But I feel that it's literally, we have the power within us as women to alchemize and like, you know, the alchemists used to change, change lead to gold. We're literally changing what could be mm. pee to mm. nectar, right? Mm. We, like it's, it literally can be transformed within us where maybe it would come out as more like pee on one hand and other times it's completely a whole different substance. It doesn't smell like pee. It's light. Mm -hmm. It's clearer. It dies quicker. You know, it's, it's like this magical substance. It's just different. Yeah. And I've had, I have had uh, experience with it, female ejaculation. I've been able to do it for a couple years now. And I do understand that. I do understand that there is a difference. So me doing research on my own for myself, I know that there is a difference. And there is sometimes where it smells more like urine. And then there is sometimes where it does not smell like urine at all. And so with those studies that I or was talking about earlier, I do believe that is the case that yeah, it's coming out of the ure urethra, there is going to be some urine substance that's within it. Um, but that does not have to be the case all the time. And I do also know about the forcing versus the not forcing allowing it to happen versus you know, wanting efforting it to have it to happen and that there is a huge mm -hmm. difference there's absolutely a difference between the two but it does feel better to allow myself to let it happen naturally than to force it to happen and um, I think that is through the pleasure practices that you're talking about just allowing myself to take baths or to you know just to if I am with a partner slowly moving my way through, you know, to penetrative sex rather than just like starting it out in the beginning. Um, so that there, there are ways to, to get more into the nectar part of it than the urine part of it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hey mama. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and I have been uh, reading this book called Pussy, a Reclamation by Mama Gina. And I absolutely recommend it to everyone that is listening to this because it is such a powerful book about just reclaiming our pussies and just knowing the power of it. And she talks about how you can use pussy juice. So not, you know, not accessing Amrita or female ejaculation, but just pussy juice in general and using it and putting it behind your ears or just using to go to like a meeting, you know, to, to enhance your meeting or whatever it may be that is just that powerful and potent. Um, do you think that there's any difference between the pussy juice and the Amrita? I think that they're in the similar, you know, similar vein, obviously, and pussy juice is very, like I said, all sexual fluids are so sacred and pussy juice has its own potency in and of itself. And I even love that it's designed pussy juice just as like straight up pussy juice, just you can reach down and grab some right now, right? That <laughs> ultimately <laughs> is, um, you know, it's scented a certain way to, It's you know, it's filled with pheromones. And so it has an activating quality mm. for magnetism of things that we desire and, and, and humans that humans that we want to bring in. So it's all very beautiful and perfect and magical. And then, and I'll say, you know, 
put pussy juice on lots of things. <laughs> Wherever you think there needs fine feminine energy. I mean, obviously be mindful of, you know, what's the word? Uh, hygienic hygiene. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as a doctor, yes, I just keep that in mind, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it really is. It's the, the medical side versus the esoteric side. It's like, I do understand that, you know, if you put pussy juice on everything, then there is bacteria and things within it. However, there's also a, a magical and, you know, side that I feel like many women have it explored and can if they use pussy juice on stuff. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Exactly. Like, like, for example, I have uh, right now on my wall that I'm looking at over here, uh, we do an event uh, every year for couples and we have very specific desires of certain couples that we want to attend. And so we made up like as if they've ordered the forms, like, you know, if you see in the secret and you make up the check for a million dollars and you have it on your altar, whatever, that would be a really good thing to put some pussy juice on, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. take some of that pussy juice, put it on your, your little piece of paper, have it in your sacred space or on your vision board or put twisty juice on your vision board mm-hmm. so that you're activating the power of pussy into your visions with the physical chemical you know liquid that comes from your pussy so that's mm-hmm. it's good for a lot of things regards regards to that mm-hmm. um amrita is like taking that and using like a concentrate right so imagine like if that's potent it's a concentrated potency mm. so it's right it's like it's like you know i um uh, what am I uh, like a like a or like a concentrated oil where you only need a drop, mm. right? Versus you know a spray bottle where you're going to need a lot more, <laughs> right? So if yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so it feels like that, that's the that's the distinction. Whereas they're both are very powerful, but when mm. you collect Amrita, which is a bit tricky to do, you know, it's not yeah. like yeah, it's you got to kind of be a little bit seasoned to be able to collect it um, and be a little bit nuts like I am. No, I'm not nuts, but <laughs> a, little, a little out there. <laughs> play with it. So collect it, yeah. Then, you know, yeah, like there's a lot of women who do rituals with their moon blood and that's very potent as well and all sorts of ways that we've always used fluids for sacred ceremonies and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so I would say, you know, it's just the difference between is, you know, one is just maybe like a lighter fare and one is more concentrate and has more potency. Mm. I was going to say what I was going to ask, what vessels do you use to collect it? Are they small? Are they big? Are they, <laughs> you, you were saying that you put, you put, uh, you may have one like as a necklace, like where do you find those? <laughs> Yeah, well, I, well, no, I feel like I need to do a show and tell. So I don't believe the internet stays stable enough. But I have, um, <laughs> I have this little altar here where I have some containers. Mm-hmm. So this is one container I just bought it at at Michael's. Where this is, I didn't collect it in this. This is where I've, I've store it, and this has a little bit of Amrita mixed with a few other waters that I did for a ceremony. So this has a bunch of blessed water together yeah, and then uh-huh. this so then i have these little actually, I, think, uh, I got it all set up here but <laughs> so then i've got this is my recent collection i was just telling you about before we started this recording but mm-hmm. this is a blend of amrita with plant plasma actually mm-hmm. um which is a thing for a whole other time so this is just a jar that i have it sitting in and then i have these which i haven't filled them yet Let's see if I can get them up and out. But I have these little bottles that I bought. I don't even know where I bought them. You could probably get them online. But these yeah. little, this is like a little 
you know, there's like a little necklace oh, yeah. that I'm going to mm-hmm. wear. So it's like, just like a little, little medicine container of sorts or something. So the idea is that I'm actually going to, I've been having it blessed on my altar and I'm going to fill these little vessels. I've got two of them and we'll wear it around our neck and see what, what kind of energy gets created. And, um, and some of the things that I've done in the past with my Amrita is I've done rituals where I have soaked tax documents. Like I was like, okay, I got this tax lien on me on something I didn't know I needed to owe money for. And I couldn't get a hold of them. We were back and forth, back and forth. And finally I was like, I'm done with this. I'm not going to try to get a hold of the IRS. I, they're so impossible to get a hold of. Mm. I'm just going to soak that paper and pussy juice <laughs> with my Amrita and um, send it away, like juice it up. And mm. I, I'm like, I haven't gotten a letter since. And I believe we got a letter recently that said it had been paid off and I'm not sure if that's the same bill or not. I have to go back and ask my husband, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it feels like it, you know, it activated it and it, you know, and made it's it gone. Away. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And like the other day I was just sharing with you, we did a water blessing ritual on my friend's land. She wanted to help activate the land. It's a very dry desert environment and they, and somebody up the way had dammed up the reservoir and they wanted to unlock the waters. I'm like, all right, I got just the thing for you. So we did this (laughs) water ritual and I'd actually, the the little vessel I showed you with the the mixed water, we used some of that and we blessed some water and put some plant plasma in it. And then we had the vessel sitting out overnight out in the nature and a moth had flown into this, you know, this big container and looked dead. Like when we went back to put the vessel inside for the night, my friend was like, what's the moth doing? And oh my God. And we're like, no, it's part of the land. It's great. And the moth was there all night. Mm-hmm. And then that night I actually ended up collecting the Omrita I just showed you. I was like, oh, well, I'm going to jack, you know, I'm having some fun with my man. I could feel the potency of the, it was a solstice actually. It was solstice mm. ejaculate. Today's the new Which is even more powerful, but- right? Yeah, so yeah. it's a good time to activate the waters. And so mm-hmm. I brought back the Almerita that I had collected and then I added it to the vase that had the sacred water we had blessed the night before. And the, the moth was dead from all I could see all night, been in there dead. And I poured the Almerita in and then, you know, I just sort of re- re-consecrated the altar. And then I went away for a half an hour and then we came back to do a closing ceremony where we were going to actually put the water on the land and move it to another vessel. And when we came back and poured the water from the vase into this vessel that we were going to take and then walk around the land with, as uh, my friend was pouring the water into the vessel, I could see that the moth legs were moving. And I thought, this is odd. And so she must have poured the, it must have all gotten poured in the vessel. And we walked the land and walked up to the mount, to the sacred mount that they had created on their land and poured it out. And the moth landed on the ground, wings dried, and then it flew up and flew to the top of the little mound where the water was poured, hung out, and then flew away. Wow. I was like, what? did we just bring a moth back into life with the towel of Palmerita? I think that was the case. <laughs> what else could it be? What else could it be? It's the elixir of immortality. So I'm like, well, it's... You know, I mean, maybe I need to do those types of experiments. I don't want to go drowning moths, but, yeah. you know. <laughs> do it a couple more times, see if it's really the case. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's pretty a cool. A lot of magic yeah. going on that. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I do know that there, I've seen it. No, I've seen it in my life, even with the pussy juice and putting it in the back of my ears when I was when I was doing a an interview, actually more as like a meeting for this 
thing that I was going to do with Viva La Vulva, and it went very well after. And I was like, hmm. I mean, I didn't use Amrita, but I used Pussy Juice, and it actually mm-hmm. went very well. So I was like, you know, the power, the power, the power of the pussy. <laughs> totally the, the power. power. Like yes. called pussy magic. Pussy, pussy magic. magic. Yeah, <laughs> pussy magic. So I was going to ask how, or I know that you've had other classes before talking about Amrita. How can vulva owners access their female ejaculation, their Amrita that we're talking about? I mean, I know you well, said that there's a lot of, you know, YouTube videos and things like that, but, you know, any tips or tricks that you have seen, and I can give some information from me, but any, anything that you've experienced that you want to talk about, about how to access? I think the biggest, Mm-hmm. The biggest thing is your willingness to let it happen, right? A lot of times, this is why a lot of people also think it's pee, is that oftentimes it feels like you're going to pee because it's all in that same area. And that area is being, you know, it's being highly charged and there's a lot of sensations and then it can feel like you're going to pee. So most women will hold back. They're like, oh, that's, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. So you got to be willing to literally get messy, (laughs) regardless of what comes out, like be willing to get messy, be willing to take your time and not try to have it happen. Like the Mm. more we think we're going to have it happen or try to make it happen, I think the harder it is because then our mind is in the way and our body, we're not, we're not in our bodies. And I believe that it's a truly an embodiment thing. And that's why oftentimes you'll hear women say, oh my God, it just happened. Well, how did that happen? Like they've been trying and trying and then boom, it happened, right? Because it's really a, a sort of, it's about surrender. It's about relaxing. It's about allowing, you know, all of all of these divine feminine yeah. qualities. Mm-hmm. So forcing or clenching or tempting or having it extracted out of you, while again, it could work. It's just the difference for me feels like it's about, it's almost like sexual sovereignty. How do you allow yourself to surrender so deeply into what's happening, into the pleasure that you're activating or receiving or giving yourself or receiving from someone else? Mm-hmm. And that's the key because if we're clenching, which is what often happens in some way, we're clamping down or trying to force or squeezing, um, it makes it a bit trickier. That's what I found. Mm-hmm. So it's all mm-hmm. about the right environment, relaxing, and also really holding your sexuality and your pussy and all of that area as sacred. Mm. To me, that's been like, you know, my biggest, uh, you know, battle cry, if that's not even the right word, but in in this conversation is the sacredness of all of this. We forget when we're talking about anything sexual, it can lose its sacredness for the majority of of people out there. And Mm -hmm. this is a very sacred thing. Pussy is a portal of life. And so if we can recognize it as this majestic portal of life that mm-hmm. is all human beings have come through, we can give it the reverence that it deserves. And mm. then it will give us, give us, you know, reverence back. <laughs> if we appreciate it and give it attention and yeah, hold it as sacred, then we will get in return what we've asked for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. I do agree with that. And what I have been told and what I have experienced for myself is, well, first going to the bathroom before. So I think just emptying the bladder before really does help. So, so the mind gets off of feeling like you have to pee. So if you feel like you have to pee, yeah. just go pee. Or even if you don't have to pee, just going pee just to do it. 
Um, and yeah. then once you're done with that, um, I, I what I have done is just laying down a towel or something that is not going to. Um, so I'm not going to think about me messing up the sheets or messing up whatever. Um, exactly. By laying, by laying something out. So I feel like those two things already relax me in allowing for female ejaculation to happen. Um, and then, yes, yes, not forcing it. Because forcing it is going to just not allow things to happen. Like the fluid is not going to come out if it is forced. So relaxing, um, allowing things to go slowly, a lot of foreplay, things like that can help with um, activating those juices. But I would say the first two things are probably the most important laying something out. So you, so you're not feeling like you are going to mess up anything and then going to the bathroom before. So you know that what's going to come out is not necessarily going to be urine. So yeah, those are totally. Yes. Right. Because if we're concerned, we're going to mess up the bed. That's not, doesn't leave a lot of room for, you know, (laughs) to just surrender and let go. No, it doesn't. (laughs) Cause you're like, no. And I do remember that sensation of feeling like I needed to urinate and, and partners saying, well, it's okay. Like just allow that to happen. And I'm like, no, but I don't want to pee. Like I don't want to pee. And so I would hold back rather than letting go. And so it would be more clenching rather than releasing um, for me. So, um, so I do know what that urine feel feels like and yeah, going to the bathroom before has helped to release that feeling or that anxiety or that, you know, the thoughts to not allow myself to be in that moment with either myself or with the partner that I'm with. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. There's a beautiful um, product out there called Venus mat. I think the website is venusmatters.com, And that's a great, once you start getting into this, uh, it's definitely a must have for sexy time. (laughs) It's designed to be this mat for beautiful, sacred sexuality. And then to, you know, not have the, the, any of the liquid soak through because oh, once you start the gushing. Venus mat. Oh, yep, interesting. Venus. I like that. I will look more into mm-hmm. that. And I will also put that in the description for anyone else that wants to look it up. Cool. Yeah. I it's haven't heard that. Once you start gushing, it can, <laughs> that's the mysterious thing too. Is like, So once you start gushing, like once the waters are released, like the other night I had a beautiful connection with my man and I, so, I mean, I soaked four towels and the Venus mat. Like we were just, <laughs> it was just gushing and gu- And you're like, where is this coming from? That's what makes it feel so divine because you're like, there's not even that much fluid in me. Even if I had pee in me, like it's still like, it wouldn't be, I would have had to really run to the bathroom if that much pee was in me. And it was yeah. just gushing and gushing and gushing. It's mm. the mountain can come out is miraculous. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why, yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think it is urine and it's coming from the bladder, but again, we're still, that, that is still out and we still need to do some more research on where it actually comes from, especially that amount of fluid, that amount of fluid. Yeah. yeah. And I'll just say two other things that I've heard are really potent and I'm going to experiment with, with it. Um, when I did some research, I found one woman that would keep Amrita in a spray bottle. And when her husband was grumpy, she would spritz him and it would literally <laughs> change his mood. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's something, that's right? Yeah. 
And then there's these other friends of mine who are somatic sexual healers. And they said that when the women that they work with would release their waters, they would catch it. And then they would pour it on their chest. And every woman would feel like this activation happened. They didn't know what was being poured on them. They didn't know that they it was their own fluid yeah. and that they, they literally have proof that, you know, how much just proof in the experience of their, their work in the clients and how much that fluid is activating. So there's mm-hmm. some potency mm-hmm. that beyond understand in mm-hmm. this fluid that the only way to find out is be willing to play around with it. Try you, it. You know, yes. Yeah. To experiment. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just see magic, like you were saying, right? Magic. <laughs> yes. Exploring, seeing what happens, using pussy juice, using female ejaculation or Amrita to experiment and see if you can get what you want, desire mm-hmm. from it. It's pretty powerful. Oh, it is pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. And the other question I was going to have, because I feel like there's been statistics about uh, everyone being able to squirt or not everyone being able to, to squirt. Do you feel like everyone does have that access? I believe that if you haven't modified anything down there, which some, I know some women have had surgeries to help with incontinence, um, or maybe there's been some surgical repair after birth that may have an impact or even uh, you know, some other surgeries that may may have had may have an impact. But if your parts are the way they were when they were born, and even if you've had surgery, there's still I think there's still a possibility. Again, I believe that it's possible for anyone beyond the science, beyond the physical. Mm-hmm. If we're really committed to the what we talked about, the surrender, it's possible. And I believe all of us, and what I've read, especially in Deborah Sundahl's books and a few other books, that yeah, we can all do it. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of are we just like every man can actually experience injaculate orgasms, right? And yet it takes something for them to retrain where they're used to ejaculating mm-hmm. instead of injaculating. Mm-hmm. So for some of us, we have patterns in our sex lives and ways that we've, you know, gotten there or haven't gotten there. And mm-hmm. so the willingness to give spaciousness for women, the key is spaciousness, mm-hmm. right? If we're feeling pressured or we got too much on our mind or we're not embodied or we're not feeling safe or we're not feeling held or comfortable or we're fear, fear, fearing it's going to be pee or we're fearing we're going to soak the bed, like all the ways that can get in the way, we, you know, those are the things you got to be patient with yourself to practice and play and give mm-hmm. yourself a lot of spaciousness mm-hmm. and a lot of, you know, ways that will get you excited and stimulated beyond the like, I'm going to do this thing. (laughs) So, yeah, but I I truly believe that every woman had once, if not always had the capacity and I think probably could have the capacity if she's willing to give it the space Mm. and time it deserves to practice. Yes. Yeah. I agree. I agree that every woman has access to it and that, um, there's not a small percentage of people that can ejaculate or, squirt or, you know, uh, whatever term you want to use. Um, but I feel like every woman vulva owner has that capacity. It's just, yeah. Mm -hmm. Surrendering and allowing that to happen. Yes. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Well, um, coming to a close. Uh, so for all of uh, my guests, I have been asking them, and I think I asked you this during, uh, your first time on the podcast, But Mm -hmm. anything, and we've been talking about Amrita and so, but anything uplifting in terms of stories or facts or knowledge about the vulva that you want to leave our listeners with, since it's called Viva La Vulva. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I may, I may be repeating myself from a previous episode, but you know, my, okay. my core message is my core yeah. message. So <laughs> the biggest thing is, you know, we are in a society that has either overly sexualized or overly shamed or both this beautiful part of our bodies, which is the vulva. And Having an opportunity to get into right relationship with this sacred portal, meaning you're willing and able to look at her, be with her, work out any shame you may have around how she looks or how she's performed or not performed or what she's offered or where she's been, you know, had issues or childbirth or anything at all to like have a healing connection and have a, as like Mama Gina would say in her book, which is pussy, a reclamation to find that reclamation with that with this part of ourselves is essential to the evolution of the divine feminine on this planet mm-hmm. and i believe that until all of us have found that beautiful connection and really appreciate that part of ourselves from an awe inspiring place we're not going to necessarily be able to get to where we want to go as a society until women have that reverence for our own self and our pussy mm. so i'd say get out a I like to say, I like to promote pussy, pussy selfies, take snap a shot and be with her. And yeah. if you need sisterhood, you know, reach out to me. I've got a Facebook group. I've got courses, you know, there's, there's ways to not feel alone. Reach out to mama Gina. She's got courses. There's all sorts mm-hmm. of ways, but get in right relationship with how you look because you're, we're like, we're flowers and everyone's unique and there's no two flowers that are alike and there's not one that's prettier or less than or more than or anything. And we have to stop that fallacy. Mm. And so the more we can actually be in right relationship with how she looks and how they all look, the more that you're going to actually fall in love with yourself as mm. well. Yes. Beautiful. I love it. Yes, I completely agree with you. Well, I will put um, all of the information about how uh, everyone can contact um, Sierra Sullivan in the description and all the other resources that we discussed in this episode. So I want to thank you so much again, Sierra, for being a part of this episode, uh, being here on the second time on the podcast, Mm -hmm. on this growing podcast. And so I am just grateful. (laughs) such an honor thank you for having me yes and thank you everyone for listening to the Viva La Vulva podcast Uh, I am your host again Dr. Kara Quant and I will talk to you soon bye bye